0: guys. I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson show where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. So this podcast is about weird ways to make money during the pandemic. And there's two reasons that I wanted to do this one. Now, you might be going, Stephen, we are very well into the pandemic, we figured out ways to make money, things are starting to open up. Well, that's actually one of the reasons we have seen a resurgence in the cases, because we are opening up. Um, you know, people are traveling, they are getting on planes, they're going to different countries, whatever the case is. The second reason is, you have different variants of this in different countries that are a little different. We're all sharing it and it's just a little bit more contagious so we are seeing that cases are starting to go up a lot again and you know some of this was to be expected but i'm not sure they thought it was going to be as fast as it was i think they thought they'd be a little bit more um, you know ahead with vaccination efforts and maybe something else but at the end of the day none of that matters what matters is this isn't over and guess what there are some opportunities here that are being caused by the pandemic. And some of these we may never see again, to be completely honest with you. The first one, especially, um, I highly doubt we, we are um, going to see it again. And if we do, uh, things are not going well. So that's it. So anyway, um, you know, take advantage of some of these. Some of these you can continue to do post-pandemic. Some of these people were doing before. But with the way that the world is going, it's a pretty good opportunity to some of these, you can really make a quick buck on and others you could actually actually actually, you know, turn into more uh, regular revenue generating. So let's dive into it. The first one, like I said, highly unusual. I'm not anticipating ever seeing this in our lifetime again, unless things are really, really wrong with the global economy, but selling your used car. Now, you might know the statistics that if you buy a brand new car, the second that you drive it off the lot, it normally depreciates by about 20% that's pretty standard across the board people understand that if you buy a car even a year old uh you're probably going to be paying a couple thousand dollars less than you would for a new model even if those models are essentially identical um we just recently bought a 2018 ford explorer and i'm not lying to you when i went through the 2017 2018 2019 models and i was just trying to figure out like what were the differences are it it was the same freaking car like, th- like everything all the way down to the horsepower, to the seat uh, belts. I mean, it was all the same for those three years. So it really didn't matter. I just looked for the one that had the best mileage. So normally that depreciation would take effect. But what has happened is with the pandemic, supply chains have been disrupted. Manufacturing has been all kinds of screwed up. And because of that, they are not able to produce as many new cars as you know they normally would. Now, many of you are probably sitting there thinking the exact same thing I was. Well, it's the, it's the damn pandemic. Who is out there buying cars? The answer might shock you. The answer was a lot of people. A lot of people were buying cars during the pandemic. I was actually really shocked when I found that. Um, I, I was kind of like, wh- why? Like, where are people going? Everything is shut down. But that was kind of the point. So I guess that it, w- it was exactly that everything was shut down. So the only ways people could go anywhere was to drive. So people were trading in old cars for more reliable cars, people who were looking to move somewhere a little bit more remote wanted to have a different type of car, you know, maybe upgrade from a car to a truck or a four wheel drive, you know, in an SUV, something like that. There was a lot lot happening in car sales during that time. So that that really surprised me. So the demand for cars did not diminish nearly as much as m- many other uh, modes of traffic. Also, I mean, when you think about it, people who are used to doing like Uber and Lyft and different things like that, they didn't want to get in a car with a stranger They that they didn't know whether or not they had it and all this other stuff. So it, it, there were just a lot of different reasons for people to go buy cars. And because they weren't spending money on anything else, they actually had money to spend. So very weird situation. But again, because the car manufacturers cannot make new cars, used cars have skyrocketed in value. It's a super weird phenomenon right now, but one of my buddies just did it. He sold his truck. He bought it a year old, drove it for about two and a half years, put a lot of miles on it, by the way. He was doing a lot of highway miles traveling for work. Since then, he had quit that job, wasn't traveling for work as much, and noticed that the truck's private uh, sale value was just as much as what it, he bought it for two years ago. Very strange. So he turned around, tried to sell it. Boom. It was gone in a heartbeat. And then he ended up downgrading and just getting a smaller car just to get him from point A to point B. And actually, it, when I say smaller car, it was actually a brand new Mazda. He just went a lot cheaper. So it, it very, very strange situations here. So now, look, if you have a 2005, I, I you know, and you're, you're driving like a 2006 something, I hate to break it to you. If you're driving something 15, 16 years ago, uh, that probably has not appreciated in value that much to make it worth your while unless you were in the market to sell it anyway. But if you are driving something that's, you know, two, three, four, maybe even five years old it could have appreciated a pretty decent amount people are looking for reliable used cars and if you were willing to downgrade if you were willing to go to uh you know if you were driving a BMW or if you were driving like you know a nicer kia and you were you know, willing to sell that car and then turn around and, you know, buy something a little bit older or buy something, you know, not as nice uh, for the time being with the pandemic, you could actually end up making a couple thousand dollars. So again, weird way to make money during the pandemic. I don't anticipate this going on uh, much longer once uh, supply chains start to normalize again, but hey, got to talk about it because like I said it's one of the weirdest trends I think I've ever seen. All right, so this one kind of follows the exact same logic as number 1 and that is selling video game consoles. Again, going back to the computer chip storage, also going back to the fact that people are stuck in their homes even though we have reopened, even though um you know, many global Uh, economies and governments are allowing people to go. There are other ones that are still considering keeping people locked in. And there are ones that are still partially closed to other things. So guess what? Gaming has never been higher. I mean, listen, I'm in the market for a PS five, okay? They are incredibly hard to get unless you want to drop $1,000 for one on resale. The second that they come out at Best Buy or GameStop or anywhere, they're gone within minutes and they can't produce enough of them to meet with demand. Why? Again, global supply chains. It's a huge problem right now. So, I was looking to sell my PlayStation 4 just recently, and I looked up online and on eBay. I mean, I had maybe four games downloaded on it, some fairly new, some not so much. And, um, you know, it was one of the older generations as well, but I still could have sold it. With two controllers, four games, and the console itself, there were similar units that were on there with multiple bids on it selling anywhere from 400 to $500. I mean, that's almost exactly what I paid for the the game console and the controllers. Like, I don't know how long I've had that, probably about four to five years. Actually, it's been longer than that. Um, it's, it's been close to six, I want to say almost six years. It was when it first came out. So I have had that for an incredibly long time. It doesn't have the storage of some of these other newer units. Um, but it was still going for probably 80% what I bought it for when really it should have been less than half. I mean, it was pretty incredible. So again, if you have video game consoles, any kind of Wii, any kind of, you know, um, the, the other Nintendo hand consoles um, going branded right now, those are super popular right now. I mean, if you, definitely, if you can get your hands on a PS5, uh, they're probably going for like $500 brand new. You can sell that double, uh, you know, for a thousand bucks on sites like StockX or eBay. Uh, resale on those things is huge. So any kind of video game consoles, you have anything that's remotely entertaining that people can do at their house, guess what? Demand's huge, you can make a decent buck on it. Okay, number three. Offer child care services. So there's a lot of people that have been displaced. They're have not. they not able to work uh, for whatever reason. Maybe they got laid off. Their industry is kind of shut down at the moment or is really shrunk uh, with the amount of people that they could hire due to the pandemic, whatever the case is. Now, offering child care services from your home, at least in the United States, is something that is actually pretty common. As long as you match up to what your... Um, State's requirements are. Uh, And I think one of the hardest ones to do is normally you have to have some type of outside area for uh, the children to play with. And then there's like square footage requirements. You can only have so many kids per square feet that you're allowing them to play in the home and different things like that. If you do that, uh, you can do really well. And that's something you can do well beyond the pandemic. I mean, daycares in gainesville uh you know not nearly as expensive as they are in some of the larger cities you know you can have uh we have home daycares here to where you know the people are doing a thousand to fourteen hundred dollars a month per kid and they'll have five kids in there i mean do the math on that that's anywhere from you know sixty to seventy five thousand dollars depending on what they're they're charging uh staying at home watching children And some parents really like the fact that they're in a home. So, you know, there's lots of different things that you can do if you, you know, have a nice safe space for them to play, if you can meet the state standards. Um, A lot of child care services have just been absolutely packed with people trying to get back to work. Um, you know, doing different things. It's been, it's been incredible. So if, even if that was something you're looking to do temporarily, it's super cheap to start up something you can do. And there's a huge demand for it right now. So check it out and uh, yeah, offer childcare services. If you like kids, number four, run errands for others. So these are using, you know, there's a lot of different startups on it shipped Instacart, uh, some of the two big names out there. Uh, I know we have started using shipped personally and, um, the, the, you know, it's totally worth it. In my opinion, these are, this is not like Uber eats. I'm not an Uber eats fan. Um, I'll order a, a $10 sub and, and chips and uh, somehow it'll cost me $25 between tips and fees and the fees for the fees and taxes and everything else. Like it just doesn't, it, business model doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Shift, I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure how they're making money. I understand that they increase the prices slightly on the things that you buy, but the reality is this, and honestly, I should do an episode just on this. When I'm not grocery shopping, when I'm just picking something out on a website I totally bypass all of these psychological and marketing traps that grocery stores have mastered. I mean, when you walk into a grocery store, you know, just to give you an example, they normally any any grocery store worth their salt that's doing halfway, you know, good at anything, they've got BOGO sitting, BOGO items sitting right there as soon as you walk in. Guess what? You don't need those BOGO items probably 95% of the time but guess what you're very likely to go pick one up why because it's a deal who wouldn't want BOGO so not only is running errands for others with something like these super useful but I mean I'll be honest for me it forget the pandemic I do it just to save me time I think that it's super reasonable, at least right now. We'll see if they raise prices later on, Um, you know, but it's a great way to make some money. I know I try to tip really well. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not sure how people are getting paid doing this outside of tips. Hope they're paying their people well, but um, it's an awesome service. Highly recommend those. If you get the opportunity to run errands for others, people who can't or don't want to go out of their homes, a lot of opportunity to uh, do that and work when you want. So the next one, give your opinions on sites like Survey Junkie or Swagbucks. So this is literally uh, just, you know, instead of going to Twitter or TikTok or Instagram and just sharing whatever your beliefs are on something when nobody really cares that much, um, this is a place that actually does care enough to pay you anywhere from $3 to even $30 per survey. So if you go in there and you start filling out surveys, you give them your information, your data, all this other stuff, they will pay you per the survey that you take. Now, some of them do have requirements. You can't just go and answer all of them. Uh, but you know, for the most part, you can get through most of them and hey, you can spend a couple hours and make a couple extra bucks from the you know seat of your home and uh, have your opinions be heard. Um, I would think some Karens would jump on this in a heartbeat, but hey, you know what, for everybody else, it's probably worth looking out for you too. These uh, companies are doing research and this is the kind of stuff that you see in news articles where they say, hey, you know, we polled X number of, you know, however many people and this is what we were told. So, you know, you get to at least lend yourself to uh, some of these data scientists out there. So, yeah, check out them. Like I said, there's a lot of different websites out there. Pretty much type in, you know, surveys uh, for, you know, the pay money, different things like that. You'll get a bunch of different websites and you can decide if there's one that you like more for yourself. The last one is something that I will eventually do an episode completely dedicated to because it's totally worth it. Um, But just to quickly mention it, negotiate your bills and get an instant raise. A lot of people don't think about the fact, they go, well, I need to make more money. And I go, okay, I totally get that. But when was the last time you actually look at cutting the fat in what it is that you have right now? When was the last time you actually trimmed your budget? It, it's a natural part of just being human. We tend to accumulate stuff. We tend to, you know, accumulate, uh, uh, you know, subscriptions. Especially nowadays, we're always subscribing to, you know, some new video channel. We got the Hulu Plus. We got the Netflix. We got the Amazon Prime. We got the, you know, the the Spotify. Whatever it is, and guess what? you're probably not using all of those things, at least not enough to make it worth it. Um, you know, Maybe there was that gym you signed up for to wear off that COVID-15, if you know what I mean, and you went like once, but guess what? You're still paying for it. A lot of gyms actually stay in business from people who don't come to the gym and fill up capacity, but continue to pay their membership. At the end of the day, you need to be able to go in on an annual basis, look at your budget and negotiate your bills down. And, and sometimes you don't need to negotiate them. You need to outright cut them. So in some situations like cable, let's say you're, Hey, I'm home a lot. I do enjoy watching TV, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's fine. But if you've had your cable provider or whatever it is for over a year or two, you can call them up, threaten to cancel, and they will give you a discount. I, I promise you, they will give you a discount. Um, they don't want to lose your business. So you need to negotiate your bills. You need to cut the fat where there is one. And you would be surprised how quickly you could get 10% back in your budget. So if you make $5,000 a month, uh, you would be surprised how quickly you could find an extra $500 a month. And then you can reallocate that however you need to during the pandemic. Okay. So that's it. Six different ways that are pretty weird to make money during the pandemic. Some of those you need to be doing regardless of the pandemic, but uh, just wanted to bring up a couple different methods for you to be able to take advantage of and uh, hopefully that helps y'all. Good luck with the rest of it and look forward to talking to you next time.